Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brennan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. This is the show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 42, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing okay, Brandon. How are you doing? I am in a deep state of regret right now uh, because on my way to the studio, I decided to stop and buy some dinner. Right. And so I stopped at this grocery store uh, that has, they have a hot counter full of Chinese food. Yes. They have a salad bar. They have a burrito bar. Yeah. It, tons of amazing food. Absolutely. And I thought, I don't really want to. I don't want any of it. Why do I thought? <laughs> I don't, because a lot of it's salty, right? A very. So I thought I'll get a salad and I'll get some some chicken strips, some chicken like tenders. Yeah. 
Uh, now you can buy them hot. Yes. Or you can buy them cold. Oh no. They're cheaper if you no, buy them cold. Uh, yeah, there's a reason for that. Well, as I discovered. Mm. So I take take my food to the table. I bite into a chicken strip. <laughs> it's frozen. <gasps> they're, frozen. They're out of the freezer. Uh, oh, I would have thought they'd be like the leftover ones and they kind of like, Oh, oh, me too. But oh, no, the answer no. is no. No. Yes. So that was disappointing. And I, I was reading a magazine. I've been reading... Um, People. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Us Weekly. <laughs> Us Weekly. Are Brangelina ever going to get back together? <laughs> you're too good for her, Brad. <laughs> if you're listening, go go back. Don't go back. That's right. Anyways. Uh, but no, I've been reading 40 in Times, which is like a paranormal magazine out of England. Do you roll your eyes at me? <laughs> yeah, if I rolled them any harder, my eyelids would snap. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I, I thought, well, maybe if I just leave it... It'll thaw. No, 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 that's not how that works. No, and so I just ended up like eating around the frozen. It oh, was Jesus! Horrible. It they was... have a microwave there, you know. I didn't see one. Really? Yeah. Oh, it depends on which one you're in, maybe. The one on Quadra. That's someone that has a microwave. I didn't see it. Weird. Mother. Oh, I was so sad. That's well. You know what? We'll go to Denny's after. <laughs> yes, there I'll we buy go. Buy you a kid's meal. Oh, It'll no. all be Hooray. fine. <laughs> so yes, that's that's me. How how have you been? Uh, good. I'm just off of a, a house sitting gig. Of course, yeah. You were two weeks out at the literally the last place God made. It did pretty much around a winding road of death. We we watched uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker out of this place. We did, and uh, which we covered in the bonus episode. Yeah. And I I literally thought my car was going to run out of gas before I got to your house. Tried doing that two or three times a day. Oh, I no. couldn't. And it's a little bit haunted. It is. Uh, but nothing really happened until the day after, or I guess the night of. Uh, you and Anthony being there, so maybe you guys stirred something up. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, when, when you were showing us around, there was that one room upstairs. The green room. The green room. Yeah. I walked in there and thought, nope. Nope. Walked right back out. You know what? I had all these great ideas of going in there and using the fitness equipment. Because, right. you know, that's how I am. Super buff. Thank God this is a podcast. Yes. And um, audio medium of podcast, I can look however I want. <laughs> but you know what? No, I never went in there once. It other felt- than to show you guys the room. It was a massive room. It felt like there was no room. I know. It it's it's the only part of the house I felt uncomfortable in. I was there for two weeks, felt fine, but I did have a couple of weird things happen. Do you want to know what they were? Well, of course. All right. So there's an alarm system on this house, which is a good thing because you are in the middle of nowhere. It's true. And um, I was using it as I was instructed to do so. Quite happy with that. So I turned on the perimeter alarm before I went to bed. And this means the five doors into the house, it's quite a large home, um, all, are all alarmed. Right. Fine. I'd been using it all week. Never had an issue. Went to bed, got up in the morning, was cleaning, doing some laundry, hanging out with the cat, which is the real reason I was there. I'd been sitting down maybe 20 minutes watching Netflix, and I hear this beep sound, and I thought, oh, that's weird. Is that the dryer? Like, I wasn't really sure. I don't really know what it sounds like. So I get up to head into the laundry room. No, no, no. It's the alarm panel. The alarm's been triggered. Oh. Yeah. So I punch in my code. The alarm shuts off. And so when you say perimeter alarm, they, like this, they would have had to have been on the property? The or? door. Oh, would God. Would have had to have been opened. Oh, that's not okay. No. No. So I turned off the alarm and stood there thinking, hmm, what do I do now? Um, and then I went and checked all of the doors. Nope. They're all still locked. Huh. So I texted the homeowner and I'm like, hey, this happened. Hoping she was going to text me back and go, oh, yeah, happens all the time. Yeah, no. Never. Oh, that's no. weird. That's never happened before. Oh. No, that's not making me feel Don't good. tell me that. So then. Uh, Just lie. The Just night, lie and tell me. So then the, the night fell 
as it does, I went to bed, I turned on the stay on the alarm panel. Yup, yup, zones bypassed, it's all up and armed. Go to bed, next morning I get up, doing some stuff, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go out. So I wanna turn off the alarm so that I can then put it on exit and, and you know, do the whole thing. Go to the alarm panel, it's not on. What? At some point, it has disarmed itself. Oh, so I texted her again and I'm like, so the funny story yes. and uh, she's like, yeah, no, that's never happened before either. Oh, for Christ's sake. I was feeling like something was coming to kill me <laughs> and was slowly upping the ante like you had one warning. Here's your second warning. <laughs> and then absolutely nothing happened. Man, I paid that ghost and everything. <laughs> the rest of the week, nothing. Not even a weird feeling. Interesting. I but it was it all happened that night after we went it there to watch it all happened on that those that sort of 24 36 hour wow. time period i mean i did see some shadows walking across the hallway but i knew that anyway right right like i'd seen it when i was visiting the house mm-hmm. and it, it it's not it's just something passing through it's never bothered me right um didn't make me feel creepy but yeah so that was exciting wow all right. Yeah. How about you? Any uh, weird things? Not really. Um, the only thing that happened, I was on the phone with a friend of mine the other night, and it was, oh, I want to say 11 o'clock at night. We usually use, you know. Early for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the night was just kicking off. <laughs> uh, but we tend to, when we talk, we tend to talk later. Right. And so we're chatting, and he's, uh, whatever, he's, he's uh, telling me what's been going on with his life. And then as he's talking, I, I said to him, oh, is, is that your girlfriend? And he said, nope, she's asleep. He said, the cat's here. And I said, oh, it must have been the cat. He said, well, the cat hasn't made any sounds. Why? And I said, well, there's a woman's voice. Oh, no. In the background. I I heard a woman talking. Oh, no. Um, What's funny is a little bit earlier, there was a knocking in his house. Right. And he just thought it was the house settling. Oh. But he said um, he, he, it normally doesn't make that noise. No. But he just wrote it because it's an old house. Yeah, yeah. He wrote it off to that. Yeah. But then I heard this this woman's voice. And I the only thing I could make out was the word maybe sweetie. Right. I sort of thought it was his girlfriend talking to the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. And uh, so that was strange. Oh, no. This poor guy. Oh, yeah. And then, but what's really fascinating is the next morning, uh, sorry, the next day rather, he sent me a, a text message. And he said, I was digging through, because uh, he's recently, I think it was last year, moved in with his girlfriend. Right. So he was still digging through a little bit of his leftover stuff from the move. Yeah. And he found a pocket knife that he had been given by his father. It had belonged to his grandfather. Oh, wow. And his grandfather had had it since the 50s. Right. So he, he found this pocket knife in a plastic, one of the plastic totes from the move. Right. Which would have been unremarkable if not for the fact that 13 years ago, Someone broke into his house and stole a bunch of stuff, including this knife. What? He's moved three or four times since then. Yeah. That knife is gone. This tote he had. And, and we, I said, maybe, you know, he, first he thought maybe he, it had been <clears throat> left over from the move. Maybe he'd just been stuffed in this right. box. yeah. But then we talked about it. He just bought this tote last year. Oh, my God. So after all this nonsense, this knife turned up in his house. So I wonder if the voice was bringing it back. Who knows? Weird. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard stories about that. I've heard stories about personal items coming back after a really long time, but never with anyone I know. That's amazing. That's really cool. Uh, And you mentioned shadows. Yeah. And uh, this episode is actually about shadow people. Perfect. Yeah. We wanted to start off uh, Halloween with a bang. And we, I was talking earlier to Rachel 
her and Steve were coming back from a gig where they live and Siri weirdly the the um, Apple Maps yeah. took them down uh, the wrong path they were supposed to go up on the motorway right and for whatever reason Siri took them a different route through this back road Mm-mm. and in uh, in rural England and as they were driving along it was dark cold very clear night Rachel saw a pair of shadow legs walking across the road oh nothing else just legs wow yeah that's weird and I was talking to my friend about this uh, where he lives in Kamloops some nights feel very very cold not cold but very empty and yeah. they seem dangerous and yeah. those nights if you're downtown if you go to the bars there's an edge to right. everything and right. we were saying that he was saying rather that there have been m- more nights like this since the equinox and really? Rachel was saying the same thing <sighs> Wow. So it's almost like weird as, that like two people in completely different parts of the world. That's it. So it's almost like as we shift towards, uh, as we shift towards f- sort of full fall, the darkness, the dark, there's more darkness. Yeah, and things are just getting stronger, getting, stirring, coming through. Almost like we're just sort of entering that thin spot again. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of wonder what it's going to be like going forward the next few weeks, especially after doing a shadow person episode, because I know episode number nine was our first shadow person episode. It's the yeah. only one we've done so far. And that fully brought on a visit in our office. Remember yes. We, we, oh, yes. It was th- stirred things up. Yep. And Didn't so like I'm, that. I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen here tonight. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> is going to happen here tonight. We will do the episode. Everything will be fine. We will leave with big smiles, fully lit areas at all times. That sounds good to me. Okay, good. Our musical guest tonight is Hexagram, and I'm really excited about this because this is the first we've been able to share from their upcoming album, Crystal Lake. Uh, the first time I've ever been, even been able to say the name. I I've, like I've, that name. I've known for a while, oh, cool. but I haven't been able to say anything on the show. Nice. Uh, yeah, and they've finished three tracks now, and we're going to be sharing one on this show and then another on our Halloween show. Oh, wow. Yes. Awesome. The album is out, uh, I'm told, when it's ready. Uh, <laughs> it's looking, looking like winter. And the track is called Haze. Now, they've asked us to play it in its entirety at the end of the show rather than breaking it up into bumpers. So you won't hear it yet, but uh, I'll remind us again when the time comes. So coming up after the break, Shadow People. Welcome back. As we said before the break, this episode we're going to be talking about shadow people. And shadow people is one of the few paranormal topics that really can get under my skin. Oh, like in a creepy way? Yeah, and I think that's because I've seen them. Yeah. Because I've touched, I've been touched by them only yeah. the once, but yeah. that marked me. But I get what you're saying. If you've had a brush with these things, it, yeah, you don't, oh, yeah. you can't laugh it off. Well, I mean, I, I think I told you recently I did that interview for Rev Quarterly. Right. And uh, Pete asked, the editor, he asked me, you know, why do you believe? Like, why? what changed right, your point right. of view? And I said, well, when you wake up to find a, in the daytime, to find a shadow looming over your bed, and then it falls on you, touches you, and you feel electricity throughout your entire body. Right. And prior to that, you'd seen the shadow out in the daytime when you were not in bed. Right. And it appeared to act intelligently. You can no longer 
maintain this totally rational mindset. Right. You know, because saying well, none of that stuff is real doesn't hold up when you know goddamn well it's there. Yeah, and you've had your own experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, it just gets me... Yeah, and because they... I, I mean, I don't think they all have to be negative. No. And as we've covered a little bit on the show, and we're going to be talking more later, we're seeing more and more of these stories where shadows are sometimes almost as surprised as you are. Yes, it's you. like, oh, yeah. hello. <laughs> or, or they're... It, it, more interesting I, to me are the ones where they appear to be looking for something. Yeah. And I, I always wonder why that is, and we'll have a few more of those later. Before the break, I said that I was talking to a friend of mine. And he was saying that uh, his coworker at the job he just left is sort of an old, older fella right. who believes a lot of fringe stuff. Right. One of the things that he has personally experienced is shadow people. And he said he sees them moving through his apartment fairly regularly. That's not cool. No, but they're, they seem to be unaware of him. Oh, okay. So we, we have experience with this uh, in Helmkin Alley here in Victoria. Really? Helmkin Alley used to be a major thoroughfare from Bastion Square out to the rest of the fort. Right. And in fact, the buildings all uh, lining the alley were built in sort of the 1860s. Right. But the one that now blocks off the alley was built in 1920. Okay. So it was a long time thoroughfare. Right. So the people who work in that 1920s building now, it's a restaurant kitchen, and they experience... People, shadow figures moving through all the time. Interesting. They're not bothering anybody. They're not, they don't appear to be intelligent. They're just going about their business. Right. Uh, as if they were alive. So yeah, that makes sense. And funny you say that. The friend I was speaking to, they've had that happen in their house. Okay. Their house is set back from the road. And we believe that, because the house is, I believe, 100 years old. Right. Whereas the other houses around it are about 30, 40 years old. So we believe that previously the road was in a different place. Oh. And one night he was sitting there with his girlfriend and she is quite sensitive. And they were, they were talking and she saw the, a shadow of a man walk from one side of the area that used to be a sidewalk to the other. Wow. Just from one wall to the other through. Interesting. So it's, it's almost like in some of these cases they are not entities. No. It's almost like another time is bleeding through. Yeah. Which is just a fascinating... It had never occurred to me. Is it another time bleeding through or is it just an energy memory? Oh, maybe. I mean, there's some, there are some people who think that we exist... The time as we consider it doesn't really happen. Right. Like, did you see Interstellar? I think I did. With Matthew McConaughey? Shockingly. Yes! Yeah. The fact that Matthew McConaughey was the smartest man in the universe was enough of a stretch for reality for me. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Near the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, come I on. I love that movie. I, I still get a little misty when I listen to the soundtrack. All now. I can hear in my head is, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's all I can hear. Anyways, uh, at the end of the film, he enters the Tesseract, yeah. which allows him to experience time as, as another dimension. Right, he yeah. He can travel th across time as, you, as we would across a room. Right. And it's... You know, some people think that all moments exist as, as one. Right. And so if that is the case, then it's not impossible that rather than being an energy memory, we're actually just seeing another, like a, a, another moment that's come clo too close to ours. Yeah, it just sort of bleeds through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd, obviously we don't know which is what's right or not, but... Uh, so then what is it with the shadow people who are intelligent and interactive? That is another question entirely. Yeah. And I mean, we have ghosts that are like that. Yep. Um, people see spirits like that all the time and they fall into different categories, so why not shadow people? Yeah, and well, on that subject, I actually found some stories about... Uh, before we get to the stories that the guys found, right. I found some stories about intelligent shadow people from uh, kind of an unlikely source, actually. 
Have you ever heard of the band Slipknot? Yes. Okay. I, I am shocked. I know. Legitimately shocked. I see the shirts all the time. Oh, uh, I was going to say, do you... Do you am I a huge fan of that? No. Routinely yell at them to get off your lawn? <laughs> yeah. I would if they parked their filthy van on my lawn. Because you know they're traveling around in a van. <laughs> they are millionaires. I don't think they need the help. Van. Okay, van. Uh, yeah, Slipknot, I, I'm not a huge fan. That said, their second album, Iowa, is incredible. All right. Oh, man. As, as far as metal records go... I mean, it took me a while to warm up to it. I wasn't really into it when it came out, um, but I've recently listened to it, and it's it's a monster. I feel I'm like still not rushing out to no, buy it. No, I you don't think you'd enjoy it, but no. it's it's a fantastic metal record. Cool. Anyways, the lead singer of Slipknot, Corey Taylor, has written a couple books, and one of them is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven, hmm. and it's his diary of his paranormal experiences. Oh, cool. Of course, they recorded their third album, The Subliminal Verses, right. in what's called The Mansion. And it's Rick Rubin's mansion in Laurel Canyon. Why does that name ring a bell? Rick Rubin? Oh, he's a huge rock producer. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he produced Johnny Cash's American Recordings albums. He's been around forever. Big deal. Big deal, yeah, yeah. So they recorded in that in that mansion. That mansion, I believe, used to belong to Harry Houdini. Oh, and is cool. famously haunted. Really? It's a it's a recording studio, like a living space slash recording studio. Very cool. So he just goes through his paranormal experiences, and um, there was one particularly. Uh, there's two that I picked out of the book to, to share, but one was I found really unnerving, and it's uh, comes from when he was a teenager living back in Iowa. Right. They were in a town called Indianola, which I think is one of those little kind of dot on the map type places. I I don't know, but I suspect it's not a big place. Uh, him and his friends were hanging out on um, the outskirts of town. They were just looking for a place to party. Right. They're driving around. He says one night, this night, they pulled off to a stretch of, high, of nearly forgotten highway, which was uh, way away from the interstate, and they got out to drink. He says the road was surrounded by cornfields, and there was just a couple streetlights dotted down the road, some of them working, some of them not. And they were sitting around the tr- or standing around the trucks, drinking, you know, shooting the, shooting the shit. And he says that he had taken a swig from a bottle of whiskey when f- he first spotted the shape. And it was the shape of a man, but in shadow. And it was threading through the corn towards them. Oh, no. Yeah. Not okay. And he thought it was his imagination. But then the others saw it. And this thing started coming towards them. And about 10 yards away, it blinked out of existence. Wow. And a couple people kind of did that nervous laughter thing you do. And then someone said, maybe it was a cop. And they all kind of, oh, okay, ha, 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 we can laugh. Then they realized it's behind them on the road. Oh, no. They panicked. They piled into their cars and they convoyed the shit out of there. And uh, Taylor was in the bed of the last truck in the convoy. Right. And this thing started running after them. Oh, my God. He said he was almost not quite face to face with it, but he was right there. This thing was pacing them. And as soon as they turned off onto the interstate, off that road, it was gone. gone. Completely gone. Yeah. And so they got back to what they call the square in Indianola, which is sort of like the town center. And it, what's interesting is um, this is a phenomenon you and I have talked about where some of the friends really wanted to break it down. Yes. Some of them really didn't want to talk about it at all. Yeah. And some of them actually went to go back to try and find it again. Right. Uh, sort of a ghost force, if yeah. you will. Uh, we'll leave that to Nathaniel and Kiki. <laughs> Nathaniel and Kiki. The ghost force. <laughs> ghost force. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they actually went back to, to try and find it. Of course, you know, they, they found nothing. It reminded me of a couple things because you might say, well, the shadow person keeping pace with a car that sounds like Terminator or something. Right. But I know Shannon LeGro from Into the Fray, her very first, actually her, I believe her only paranormal experience or her first paranormal experience at least involved shadow people 
running at top speed as she drove along, I believe, on a quad. Really? Yeah, three or four, I think it was two or three shadow people. And all she saw was, I think she saw the upper, I could be, Shannon, you can correct me on this, but I believe all she saw was the upper bodies. But wow. they were pacing wow. her. And not like they were necessarily after her. No, but, but they, they were, were at the same speed. And then I know Brett Swanser, who writes for Mysterious Universe, he talks about falling asleep in his car on a stretch of road in the desert, being right. woken up by some guy pounding on his window, saying, let me in. And Swanser's thought, nope. Because there was, there was like a, was there a truck behind him? I can't remember if there was a truck behind him, but this guy wanted into his car. And he said, nope. So he starts driving away. This guy starts running alongside him, pounding on his door. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. He's hitting highway speeds. This guy's still there, <laughs> pounding on his door. Not okay. No. So is though it might seem like a silly image at first, right? It's not. There it, is precedent well, for this. Yeah, I was going to say it's precedent. So so there is that, and then the this other. This is why I only sleep in hotels. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Not on the side no. of the road. Not in abandoned parking lots. Not near abandoned cemeteries. <laughs> no, I really don't want to see anything. No, I really don't. Well, Luke put up a. He sent us a meme to put up on the Instagram page. Someone, I think it was from, from Tumblr, but he said, you know how in video games, if you yes, try and sleep... I saw that. And it says, you cannot sleep, there are monsters nearby. And you can't sleep until you're somewhere until safe. Until you're safe. And the person said, now think about the last time you couldn't sleep, no matter what you tried. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that is not helpful. As someone who's been struggling to sleep lately, yeah. uh, Luke, you suck. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. I've had those nights where oh, yeah. um, I always read before bed, yep. and I always get sleepy. And then I go to sleep, maybe about half hour. Yep. I have had nights where I have read until 3.30 in the morning. I am not sleepy oh, yeah? at all. Not very often, maybe once every six months or so. But I have those nights where it's just like, oh, okay, we're, we're not we're not sleeping tonight. That's That's been my life the last... And I'm not thinking about anything. No. I'm not... Nothing's stressing me out. It's just... This is the way it is. Yeah. The last week or so, I have not oh, been able to... Oh, guy. Like, I'm going to... I mean, I'm, I'm eventually going to sleep about two or three or something. Usually when you go to sleep. <laughs> uh, not when I'm trying to go to sleep. Oh, I see. I see and I've see. been trying to get to bed earlier. Right. Um, like, you know, I mean, not early for me, but well, early for me, not early for other people. Right. Not normal people. But I just can't tick down. I can't. Weird. And, it's, and, and I, I've been waking up when I do wake up 3.30 constantly. I just watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, great. 3 a.m. Yes, I know. And uh, not the night I watched it. Thank God. <laughs> that was 3.07. Right. But the next night, I woke up to go to the bathroom, 3.00. Oh. I almost didn't leave the room. I don't blame you. I thought, how bad would it be to pee out the window? <laughs> Is this round upon? <laughs> Will it leave a mark? Will anyone know? Will that's, anyone that's know? That's the important thing. Will and I decided know? that yes, the socially responsible thing to do would, because I didn't want to hit the barbecue. <laughs> right, of course. So. And the neighbors call the cops. So yeah. It looks like an elephant's trunk is hanging out the window. <laughs> Oh, if I had a nickel. <laughs> you would have no nickels. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did go, and I'm still here, so... Well, that's something. Nothing demonic occurred. Well, uh, unlike uh, Taylor, where it happened again... Oh, no. In 2005, he was actually living in Des Moines, and... Um, oh, dear God. Oh, that's not the scary part. <laughs> Do we have any listeners in Iowa? Well, we'll find out. I'm sure they're lovely. Uh, but he was living in a heritage home that was known locally as Foster Manor. And Foster Manor apparently has a bit of a history, uh, but he you know bought it and he was quite successful. So he it was kind of actually kind of interesting because he talks about growing up poor in Des Moines and how the area where Foster Manor was was always the like the other the good side of the yeah house. yeah 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 and how we finally had the opportunity to buy this house, um, but it really wasn't as, as so often the case it wasn't what he 
No. Hope it would be. No. And so he was putting his son Griffin to bed one night and the boy asked if Taylor would stay in the room with him. And he said, why? And, and the boy said that on the nights he stayed, the shadow man wouldn't keep him awake. Oh, no. The boy went on to say that the shadow man would watch him from the corner of the room and sometimes walk towards him, leaning in closely. Yes. <sighs> and the boy said that on those nights, uh, he would pull the covers over his face and stay there until he fell asleep. Oh, no. Yeah. And, mm. and I know, I always feel for kids when this shit happens. Uh, but Taylor said, you know, he acknowledges that at the time he was on tour with his band a lot because he was in Slipknot and Stone Sour. Oh, wow. And uh, so, you know, and obviously he was, he thought maybe the kid is just trying to get him to stick around longer. Right, right. But he thought, well, I don't think that's the case. The right. kid was pretty young at this time. Yeah. So he tried to spend more nights with him to keep the Shadow Man away. Yeah. And then one night he was out in the living room, I think. He was pretty groggy, so he was getting ready to go to bed. Went into the room to check on the sun. And ended up falling asleep in there. And he says, as he did, as he was sort of like drifting, he saw the shadow standing in the corner of the room. Oh my gosh. And because he was kind of foggy, he thought he was dreaming already. But then he thought to himself, why would I be dreaming about my son's bedroom? Right. And then he snapped awake. And the shadow was still there. Oh no. And he was frozen in place. (gasps) Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. His, His experience of it is sort of... Kind of like when I had that shadow person experience, my very last one at home right. uh, back in 2013, when my memory kind of splits, he says that it was a shadow, but the face was also somehow pale. He remembers a pale face, but also the shadow. Right. Uh, but he said uh, the creature watched him for a few minutes longer and then started approaching them. Nope. And he said he just struggled like I did that time. He struggled and he was able to move. And uh, I, I like his quotes. So I'm just going to read it. He says... I suddenly shot Bolt upright, not sure what the hell I was going to do against a flipping ghost, but <laughs> damn sure I was not going to let him fuck with my son again. Yeah, there you go. And as soon as he moved, it was gone. Wow. And he says the figure didn't come back at all for the remainder of the time they stayed in the house. They were there for another year. It's almost like he beat it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and as I said, you know, that my last Shadow Man experience was when it came when I was awake, and then all of a sudden I was asleep. And I was waking up, and this thing was standing there like it was trying to figure something out, turning right. its head. Right. And I struggled, and I was finally able to move. It was gone, and I haven't seen them since. Wow. Of course, I don't go to the part of town where I think those things sort of clock me anymore, so that might right. be part of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So Interesting. You wonder if there is something to that fighting off the influence. Well, and, and who knows what you release. I mean, if you struggle awake with the intention of get away from me. Right. I wonder what kind of energy is released. That's true, yeah. And it could be that it just knocks it back wherever it needs to go. Yeah. Or wherever it's supposed to be. Well, I think we've talked about this before, about the idea that intention yes. matters more than Oh words. my God, yes. Um, I don't, Where was it? There was some, somewhere I was reading an article where these this group of people came up with basically just a chant. Yep. And it was something like, fuck off ghost. Yeah. It was not, yeah. you know, there was nothing mystical about no. it, but because there was so much intention yes. and, and energy, like like conscious energy behind it, it works. I, I truly believe that. And I think that's why all the religions in the world have their own ways of dealing with ghosts. Right. And that's why they all work. Right. Because you believe. Exactly. Belief is so the key. So if you have a powerful Olive Garden breadstick uh, <laughs> and you wave that thing around with the intention. Specto Patronum. <laughs> that it's going to do something. Right. It will. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem believing that I at all. I would hurl a cheesy red lobster biscuit at you it. You wouldn't give one of those up if you could. 
You're right. No, no, no. Not they a have chance. to. Okay, an empty lobster shell. That, there we there go. There we yeah, go. Right. The power of crustacea compels you. <laughs> Take Our, that with a side of butter, bitch. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to put that on your tombstone. <laughs> that can be the Ghost Force catchphrase. Yes. Take that with a side of butter, bitch. Said Kiki. <laughs> oh, I like that. Kiki sang it. Kiki sang yeah, it. Kiki sang I like it. it. Oh, God. Oh, if anybody wants to do an artist rendering of Kiki and Nathaniel, <laughs> I would be so down for that. I still got to post those cheese demon pictures everyone gave us. I haven't done that yet. Oh, that was fun. That I was fun. I don't know where I thought I'd cheese demon. Nope. I will. I got to put those up. I got a fucked up mind. <laughs> no argument here. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to our stories proper. Not just a campfire story. I was about eight or nine years old when I had the chance to attend a summer Cubs camp in England. For those who don't know, Cubs is like scouts but for younger children. At the camp we did the usual things like building campfires, hiking, and generally behaving like hyperactive children do. There were about ten of us in the troop, and we shared a couple of tents between us. We were confined to these tents from about 9 p.m. And as the leaders were still up until much later, there was no real chance to sneak out in the other tents or go exploring at night. This was probably why we ended up telling ghost stories in the tent. From what I remember, most of the ghost stories were just reworking of Ghostbusters cartoons, but there was one kid, who I'll call Richard, who said that when his brother had been to the camp a few years before, he'd seen a strange human-shaped shadow by the side of the lake. For some reason, this story seemed a bit more believable than the others, but it certainly didn't stop me getting a good night's sleep. A couple of days later, the leader surprised us with a late-night expedition, which after a walk of a couple of miles led us to a campfire next to a lake. We had a great time. We ate hot dogs and drinking pop before sitting down around the campfire while packing our bags in preparation for the walk back to camp. A couple of kids and one of the leaders had walked off to the edge of the lake, as it was a clear night to enjoy the view. I was asked to go and tell them that it was time for us to leave. I walked over to them, and as it was a clear night with a full moon, it was easy to see them. I walked closer, but they didn't hear me, so I walked even closer. They were standing on the edge of a small cliff, and I was walking through a small group of trees. As I got closer, I stopped, as I could see a mist or a shadow near them. This seemed a bit strange as it was a clear, dry night, and I don't remember there being much wind. This mist shadow seemed really weird, as it kind of had an indistinct form and almost seemed to be glittering. I was so engrossed with it that at first I didn't notice another shadow closer to Richard. It's hard to describe, but it scared me to the point that all I could see was the cliff, Richard, and the shadows. But as soon as I saw the second shadow, they both seemed to collapse upon themselves. At this point, the group turned around and spotted me. I was going to tell them what I saw, but it didn't exactly sound believable as I barely believed it myself. But I certainly didn't sleep very well that night. No, and neither would I. No. And since that's actually the second time we've read that story, because <laughs> turns out we weren't recording the first time, we're just going to go right on to the next one. Gem in the Shadow. 
One night not long ago, a friend of mine who lives in Queens asked me to dog sit their big old pit bull Jem. Jem is a big, strong dog, but she's a sweetheart and rarely barks. On the night in question, I was sitting in front of the television in my friend's third floor apartment, eating popcorn as Jem snoozed next to me. The front door was next to the television, and all the doors and windows were locked. Suddenly, Jem jumped up and started growling, then ran around the corner into the kitchen. Of course, I followed her to see what was the matter, and once I entered the kitchen, I saw it. A shadow person stood there, six feet tall, wispy at the edges, and just transparent enough I could see the counter behind it. It stood there looking at Jem, who had her hackles up, and was growling and barking at the thing. I gasped, and as I did, the shadow figure turned to look back at me. Then a strange thing happened. It took a step back, almost like it was surprised. And at the top of my voice, I told the creature it was not welcome and should leave immediately, and it just walked away through a wall. Both Jem and I eventually calmed down, and I never saw the shadow again. And yeah, that's the first one of the stories we'll have tonight where the shadow seems to be surprised by you. Right. As much as you are surprised by it. Right. Which, I, again, I kind of wonder if it lends some credence to the idea that there's some poor bastard in another, sort of another part of the, uh, the, like, the, uh, the, the time sphere, you know, another, another, another face of the diamond who thought there's some son of a bitch haunting his house. Well, and I wonder what they see. Yeah, that's it. Do they right. also see a shadow? It's a bit like that movie, The Others. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? That's a oh. great movie. That movie in Sixth Sense right. were the two ghosty movies that made absolutely the most sense to me. Oh, yeah. In terms of being as close to reality as you're going to get. Right. Absolutely. They didn't make it weirder. They didn't, you know, make it more spooky. Nothing. It was just very, it really resounded with me. Have you seen The Shadow Man? My family moved into a new house in Nagoya, Japan. The first week was all chaos, as we were still unpacking boxes, rearranging furniture, things like that. On the first floor, there was a long hallway that led from the front door to the kitchen. One afternoon, as I was walking down the hallway, I felt a sudden urge to turn and look behind me. I was startled to see a tall man in the shape of a featureless black shadow moving down the hallway close behind me. As he moved along the hallway, he seemed to radiate a small aura of darkness around him, casting a shadow in all directions, blotting out the light on the floor, the walls, and the ceiling in a murky circle all the way around as he moved along the passageway. I stepped into a doorway and watched him hurry past me and until he disappeared out of sight at the other end of the hallway. I really didn't know what to think about what I'd seen, but it wasn't the first time I'd encountered a ghostly presence, and I didn't get any really bad feeling from the Shadow Man, so I chose to ignore it. Maybe I was just too tired from moving, and I was seeing things that weren't there. The next day I was resting on the sofa on the second floor with my wife after a hard day of unpacking. Out of the blue, she turned to me and said, Have you seen the Shadow Man? Then she told me she had seen him walking along the hallway downstairs. I told her that I had seen the same guy in the same place earlier that same day. After discussing it a while, we had decided that neither of us had sensed anything malignant about the Shadow Man, so we just decided to let things be. Two days later, I was climbing up the stairs to the second floor, when I met the Shadow Man coming down the stairs towards me. This time he seemed very aware of my presence, as he halted and stood still in front of me. Even though I couldn't make out any features on his face, I could feel a sense of shock and fear coming from him. He turned and fled up the stairs, moving away from me as fast as he could. We've been in the house for three years since then, and no one has encountered the Shadow Man again. 
I'm not sure what it was about me that frightened the shadow man, but evidently it was enough to drive him from our house. Again, I think this is just another case of some poor bastard who's got his house haunted <laughs> and he's haunted by you. You know, yeah. he thinks it's haunted by you. And he disappears. Yeah. And that and they weren't even concerned with driving him out of there. I wonder if there was some kind of atmospheric condition that mm. led to him being able to bleed through. Right. I know the one of the people I interviewed for my book, A Strange Little Place, available everywhere <laughs> books you sold. And, and Amazon. Mostly Amazon. Pretty much. Pretty Amazon. much just Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but there was a woman who, she lives in a haunted house, and one day, one night rather, she walked out of the bathroom at whatever time of the night, right. and there was an older man standing on the uh, on the landing in an undershirt and suspenders, and she said he looked just as surprised to see her as she was to see him, right. and then he was gone. Wow. So I wonder if at some point in the house's history, there's a man who said, Jesus, there's a ghost of a woman in the bathroom. Right. You know? It's interesting to kind of play with that concept a bit, that we're the ghosts. Yeah. And maybe we are... Dun, dun, dun. Ghost horse. <laughs> An icy kiss. One night when I was about 13 or 14, I was lying in bed in that half-asleep state before you really doze off. I was staring at my wall that faced the front of my house, and it was dark. Suddenly, I saw a figure walk through my wall towards me. I could tell by his shape that he was a man, but I saw no other distinguishable features other than it seemed as if he was wearing a long cloak and a flat-brimmed hat. I was kind of frozen as I watched him move closer came next to me, bent down, and kissed the top of my head. It felt like ice had touched me. That snapped me out of my stupor, and I sat up. The man was gone, but the top of my head was cold to the touch. What makes this even creepier is that I found out that my mom and her sister had an encounter with the same entity. They both saw this hat man standing at their bedroom door, which was usually shut and locked. I've since researched the hat man on the internet, and it seems like most people who see him feel threatened. But we were not, and I wonder why. I just had a thought. What if we the reason we see these people as shadows is because we can't, we're not allowed, for whatever reason, to see them oh. in their form? And what if it's not a hat? What if you're seeing someone's energy body? And what right. if because so much of your energy is concentrated in, in your, your head, head, there's a halo effect? Well, like that Japanese story. Yeah. They said there was like an aura. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if for some people it is more present... And we're interpreting it wrong. Yeah, we see it as a hat, but it's actually like a halo. Then I wonder if animals can see the real thing. I wonder. Interesting. I like that theory. I'm going with that. Works for me. All right. I'm a genius. Yes. That's the word I use all the time when describing you. I expect nothing less. Or giving interviews to the police. <laughs> I was with you all night. <laughs> but not like that. Sweet Jesus, no. <laughs> the author of Misery. When I was around 12, my parents moved my bedroom to the basement. Oh no, this is a bad start. Yeah, that's never a good way to start. I slept in the basement too, I understand. My parents moved my bedroom to the basement and right away the nightmare started. Horrible, colorful, detailed, and always about the other bedroom in the basement. Those dreams were ruled over by monstrous creatures and I was far too young to have come up with on my own. Certainly nothing I'd ever seen before. When I had a nightmare... I would have to run past that room to get out of the basement and up to the couch in the living room. Every time it felt like something was chasing me and it only got worse until as a teenager I started refusing to sleep in my room. I was much happier sleeping on the couch. All this was years ago, but in the years since I've never liked my mother's house. A year and a half ago my grown daughter went over there to clean and when she got back she said that she had seen something in the kitchen. 
At the time, I chalked it up to her knowing about my own feelings towards the house and didn't even ask her to describe what she saw. Well, it seems kind of self-centered. Yeah. A few months later, we lost our house and had to move into my mom's home for a while. My parents moved in with my sister so we could have the house to ourselves. Uh, okay, that's... Anyway. Yeah, th- th- I, I chose the story for a reason. Oh, it's enraging me. Yeah. You kick your mom out of her own house? Yeah. Okay. After losing my house, I then lost my vehicle. Believe it or not, that hurt me worse than losing the house. And I cried for two weeks straight. It truly was the worst time of my life. And it was then, at my worst, that I saw him. It was daytime, and I was walking out to the deck in the backyard. To get there, you have to go through a hallway that also leads to the basement and the garage. And as I opened the door into that hallway, I saw something coming out of the corner of my eye. So I turned to look straight on. And what I saw looked like the shadow of a man wearing a large, wide-brimmed hat. He was walking slowly up the stairs towards me with his head down. I believe his head was down to hide his eyes. I couldn't believe what I saw, and out of fear opened up the next door and stepped into the garage, shutting the door behind me. I turned to see if the man was still there, and sure enough, the dark form kept walking past the window, his shadow blocking out my reflection. He walked right through the wall in the direction of the backyard. I saw him in detail, from the torso up, but don't remember seeing his legs for some reason. He wore a large brimmed hat, a long trench coat, and again, the hidden face. I then remembered my daughter telling me that she'd seen something too. So when she got home from school, I asked her about it, not letting on about my own experience from earlier. She described exactly the same being. I did see him one other time while staying at mom's. It was dusk, just dark enough to create a shadow. I was sitting in the car in the driveway, oh, got your car back, yay, when I saw a tall shadow on the side of the house. I assumed at first that it was someone walking by, but then I realized that a person could not have made such a tall shadow. So I jumped up out of the car to see if anyone else was there, but nobody was, and this is at the very end of a cul-de-sac. I believe the hat man is trying to make life so stressful that I either lose my faith, go insane, or both. And from all the research I've done, no one knows how to get rid of him. I can't take much more. I'm tough, but everyone has their breaking point. I don't like this person. No, I kept that story because I think it's important to acknowledge that we are responsible for our own decisions and our own misery. Right. I, and I mean, sure, do I think these things can make us worse? Yeah, absolutely. But it's also your attitude is going to filter 100%. your experience. Yep. That's it. I know. I think it's really important to keep that in mind. I totally agree. I, you know, I, I, I believe that, and this sounds a bit kooky. <laughs> I don't, what? On a paranormal podcast? I know. How dare we risk our reputations? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> uh, but I think reality is to a degree programmable. And I think if you program misery for yourself, if that's all you ever expect, if yeah. you're negative about everything, yeah. if you refuse to accept responsibility for your mistakes, I think the world you create for yourself is a miserable cold one. 100%. And you end up with shit like this. And all you're going to do is spend your whole time saying no to everything. Yeah. And then wondering why you're miserable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I that, that's why I, I think the story is, I mean, it, I, she may be seeing a hat man. But, but the hat she's man, the only one who wants to get rid of him. 
That's it. No one else cares. No one else cares. And I think it's because, because they've got their lives together. Yeah, and I think it's because she can pin her misery on I this. I was going to say the same thing. He's causing this. Yeah. I suspect that's not the case. I don't think that at all. No. And th- there is more to the story, which we didn't read because who it's cares? It's stupid and who cares? Yeah, exactly. But she talks about doing a lot of research on Hatman. Right. And of course, you go to the internet with any of this stuff. Just like when you go to WebMD to look up your symptoms, it's cancer. I have a sore throat. Uh-oh, throat cancer. Yeah, it's cancer. Yeah. You look up this kind of thing on, you know, I don't know, GhostMD. And it's always demons. Ghost MD. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. You know who would consult Ghost MD? Ghost Wars. Jesus. But yeah, so I just think she sort of started catering her expectations to meet this idea of something scary and frightening. 100%. And that's and how she folded it into her life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sharing space. My family moved to Connecticut just about the time I was going into first grade. It wasn't long after we were settled in the house that I started seeing dark figures in my room at night. They were tall, had broad shoulders and wide chests, but no other discernible features. Definitely no faces. They would pay no attention to me at all and walk around the room without without ever noticing or interacting with me. This didn't happen every night, but on some of the nights it did, I would have terrible nightmares. At first this was very frightening, but after I'd seen that they would not hurt me, I grew used to them being there. One night was different though. We'd been living in the house for a little over three or four years, and one night I climbed into bed and said goodnight to the figures, which had become part of my daily routine. For the first time, one of them responded and said goodnight back to me. I was startled from this, but I continued to talk to him. I don't remember the entire conversation, but what I do remember is that he introduced himself and told me he wasn't there to hurt me. And so this spirit and I became good friends, and I started to see him during the day. After a couple of years, he and I became so close that I allowed him to actually climb into my body. He had a term for this that I can't remember. I think it's bad idea. Yeah, I think it's a terrible idea. Jesus. Hey, we're pissed. How about you let me drive for a while? Yeah. After this, I hap- After this happened, I stopped seeing the dark figures in my room. I and the spirit would still talk, but I would think things, and he would think them back to me. It became an addiction for me to spend time with him. Uh-oh. It wasn't until I was about 17 years old that he began to use my body without my permission. Oh. And because of this, I got very upset with him and told him to leave, and I never saw him again. Wow. So it's interesting he left, but sweet, merciful Jesus, playing with don't fire. do this. No. You would never do this with a, a stranger. Like, again, drive my car. I, I'm Come just going to say that. I'm just going to say, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, you can take the keys and drive. And yeah. then, uh, but if someone started taking the keys without my permission of driving, yeah, I'd have a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, that's not cool. No. Again, I'm fascinated if this is a legitimate story, which I, I, I mean, it sounds close enough. It's not out of the realm of possibility of things yeah. we've heard. But it just, why the hell would you, I guess if you're a kid. You're lonely. You, you don't, you're a kid. You're lonely, you don't know kid, any you don't better. Know any better. But what a different attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, compared to the first story. There's a happy medium, people. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the Dark Mass. In April 2013, I was pregnant and about to have a baby. My husband had two kids from a previous marriage, and we decided we needed a bigger home. We found an older home for rent that was in our price range and had enough bedrooms for everyone. It was an older house that had been remodeled and added onto. Right from the get-go, I felt as though I was being watched, and soon enough, my suspicions were validated. One night, I was laying in bed when I saw a floating ball of darkness fly down the hallway leading to my bedroom. I was confused and frightened, but it happened so quickly there was no time to react. The second time I saw the dark mass, I'd just come home from the gym with my baby, and as soon as I placed my baby on the floor of the living room, I became aware of the mass and it rocketed off into the laundry room. My small dog saw it too, and ran to the laundry room, barking and growling. He was freaking out like we had an intruder in our house. But when I went to the laundry room, 
Nothing was there. Sightings of the mass became a normal occurrence, mainly in my baby's room and parts of the house which weren't used so much. Whenever it was spotted, it would take off almost like it was scared. I saw it go through walls and windows and up the stairs as well as into the basement. Eventually, my aunt came and did some kind of cleansing ritual involving prayer and putting oil in the doorway, and for at least a year, the mass failed to put it in an appearance. Then, late one night as I was washing a baby bottle, I felt as though someone was looking at me. I turned around, and standing there was the shadow of a man, maybe six feet tall, wearing a hat. The room wasn't dark either. The light was on, so there in the middle of my lit kitchen was the six-foot-tall shadow of a man. I booked it. For a long time, I thought only me and my dog were seeing these things until my stepson came to me and said he'd been seeing a shadow figure outside his room, except this figure was as tall as the doorway itself. I told him I believed him. After all, I'd seen it too. We moved out of the house recently, and I have not seen either the man or the mask since, and I do not miss them. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I always used to think shadow people were attached to people rather than places, but I'm wondering if that's not the case. Because again, I'm wondering if there are atmospheric conditions specific to a place which allow them to come through. Well, and I think they probably follow the same rules as regular ghosts, right? Some are attached to people, some to things, right? some to land, some to who knows. Of course, yeah, because there was that story I told on the first Shadow People episode where uh, that woman I know brought a brick from yes. the old brickworks on Sydney yes. Island. And then uh, as soon as they brought it into the house, the son started seeing a shadow figure walking yeah. around upstairs. Yeah. As soon as they took the brick out, put it outside, it was gone. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. I think, it, I think they do follow the same rules. The night everything changed. Over the course of my life, I've been able to see paranormal entities like shadow men, but they didn't seem interested in me. Mostly they walked around like they were looking for something. Since the shadows didn't even seem aware of me, I never felt threatened. That is, until a couple nights ago. My boyfriend was staying over and we were both asleep when, at about 2.30 in the morning, I was jarred awake by a sudden pounding at the end of my bed. As my eyes adjusted to the dark, I saw the outline of a man standing at the foot of my bed. He was maybe six feet tall and pitch black. Worse than all of that, he was pounding on the bed. I was frozen with fear. Unlike all the other paranormal things I've seen in my life, this creature filled me with horror. I felt like it wanted to hurt me. As I watched, paralyzed, he struck the bed five more times and then disappeared. Once he was gone, it occurred to me he may have been feeding off my fear, watching me sleep, then waking me up the way he did to scare me. It was the first time a shadow person had messed with me, and now I feel like I'm being watched all the time. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I sleep with a light on, and even with that, I still wake up several times a night in fear he's going to be there. I can't help but feel like it's going to come back and do something worse. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that would be upsetting. Yeah, uh, yeah. The pounding? Not cool. Again, that's got to be a fear tactic. Oh my god. God, you know, like he wants you out. That, or again, that, or there's some kind of like ability to feed off of fear or, or intense emotion. Well, I mean, people are always going on about, I want this ghost out. Well, how do you think the ghost feels? <laughs> that too, yeah. You're yeah. in his space, yeah, right. So I'd be like, get out, and I'd do whatever I had to do. Imagine if if there's some alternate reality that is able to project themselves into ours using some kind of headset. Like we're a giant video game. No, 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 no. <laughs> like <laughs> The Sims. Like they can only. <laughs> Like, they can only come over if... It's almost like, like how, you know, like, like a radio. But it's like spirit radio. Right. And they put this thing on their head. And that's why there's such a concentration of energy at their head. And they come over here. And maybe there's, there's shit here we don't ha they don't have over there. That's why they're looking for something. And maybe there is some kind of experiment. Some kind of... You're fucking with people. 
produces some kind of measurable effect. <gasps> like uh, in Monster Inc. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, way yeah. less cute. Less cute. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? The mailbox. My parents live in a cul-de-sac in southern Alabama, not far from a cemetery. Outside their house, I've seen a tall, opaque, obviously intelligent shadow person who never leaves that general area. I've wandered out of it and left him behind many times before, and he's never once been in my parents' house. Even in the story I'm about to tell you, he stayed within those boundaries. His height makes me uncomfortable. When I say tall, I mean towering, like eight feet, maybe more. His movements are slow and deliberate, and he often seems to be searching for something. If he wasn't in the street, I'd say he looks like someone lost in the woods. The other thing is I only see him in the corner of my vision. Ah, Kotep, right? Corner of the eye phenomena. Some of the time he's out there, I believe he's watching me, and it's not a comfortable feeling. Even when I don't see him, if I go far enough into the woods while walking my dog, or near the cemetery, which is in the neighborhood, or even just outside the house too late in the night, I can feel someone staring at me. Of course, there's no one there when I turn to look. The thing that really, really makes me afraid of him happened one night last year. I'd already moved out by then, but was bringing them some bread and other grocery staples. I stopped short on the way to the front door because I saw from the corner of my eye what I believed to be a man. I turned to look and there the shadow man was. He was leaning forward, right elbow propped on the mailbox, chin rested in his palm. His other arm was simply resting. He looked right at me. He was totally opaque as always, not a fog, not translucent, totally solid as if I could really touch him. Obviously he had no visible eyes, but I could tell he was making eye contact with me. There was no doubt. My blood ran cold, goosebumps rose up all over me, and I nearly dropped everything in my hands. My stomach felt like I was in free fall. I wanted to run inside or yell at him to leave, but I was completely frozen. He terrified me. If I've ever felt the fear of God, it was then. I can still feel it when I recall him there, staring into me. It feels like he was there forever, even though it couldn't have been more than five or six seconds. Eventually, I could move, and the first thing I did was jump backwards into the hedges. I have no idea why my instincts must be terrible. And he was gone. Just gone. There one moment absolutely dissipated the next. Even the air changed. He'd really vanished. See, that, again, that seems, that's not scary, but it's disconcerting. Yes. Because it's like he's leaning on the mailbox, he's comfortable. Yeah. He's completely comfortable in the space. And observing you. Yeah. Yeah. So why? I what don't the know. hell is the point? I don't know. Shadow people, if you're out there. <laughs> if, if you, you want to send us an email. Yeah, yeah. If you want to listen, <laughs> you want to tell us what the fuck you guys are up to, I would yeah. love to know. But, but don't show up. We're good. Uh, show up at Ian's house. No! <laughs> yeah, you got enough problems in your building. Exactly. He's coming for me. The story is difficult for me to talk about as for a long time it remained a repressed memory from a generally bad time in my childhood, but I feel like getting it out may help me deal with it. When I was 12, my mother, my newborn baby sister and I lived in the small town of Glen Innes in Australia's New South Wales. We lived in a former doctor's surgery which had been converted into duplex apartments with tall ceilings, whitewashed cement walls and bricked up fireplaces in each of the three bedrooms. The bedrooms were cold and if the wind got up at night you could hear it howling in the fireplaces. It wasn't a great place to live. The rooms were all connected by a long featureless hallway. Okay, that's not fair. The hallway had one feature and that was the inescapable feeling someone was walking behind you. 
My mother had the room closest to the main living areas, whereas my room was further up the long dark hallway and was much more secluded. I specifically remember the night I stopped sleeping in my bedroom. <laughs> it was a school night, and I'd stayed up watching television in the lounge late, so when I was finally sleepy, I said goodnight to my mom and wandered back to my room. It was cold as usual and the hallway was dark, so I hurried. Shutting the door with a click, I ran to my bed across the room and jumped under the covers like all kids do when frightened. My bed faced the doorway, so I remember trying to fall asleep with my covers wrapped around my head and my eye fixed on the door handle. Then, after a long moment of silence and waiting, when I was finally drifting, I heard a set of slow, distinct footsteps on the carpet in the hallway. Heavy footfalls. Nope. At first I thought it was my mom moving around her room, but when I could finally pinpoint the sound to the hallway, I started to see my door slowly creak open. No. I shut my eyes hard, refusing to acknowledge the exposed doorway in an attempt to force myself to sleep. What I saw moments later will never leave me. A tall, thin shadow man stood a foot before my doorway. When I opened my eyes, my heart stopped, my whole body went cold, and I was paralyzed with fear. A tall, thin shadow man stood a foot before my doorway. Its arms were long and the fingers were sharp. I couldn't see eyes, but I felt its stare. As it came closer to my bed, its feet dragged on the carpet and its body swayed from side to side. By that point, I was in tears, thinking it had come to take me. It had come to drag me from my bed and into the darkness, and I was never going to see my mom again. I blacked out before it reached my bed, and I don't remember anything else from that night. I woke to the door wide open in the morning, and I ran out of that room and slept on the couch every night since. I didn't tell my mom. I was too nervous to sleep with her because she shared a bed with my baby sister, so I began to develop an anxiety disorder, which resulted in me wetting myself in my sleep every night. The second experience happened in the lounge. Whatever it was, it seemed, was following me room to room. I refused to sleep without the TV on during the night, and I would have all the doors closed and fall asleep watching the doorway to the kitchen anxiously. I never trusted the dark. On this night, after lightly drifting to sleep, I woke up to the sound of the TV being switched off. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end, and the air was freezing. I nervously scanned the dark room until I faced the corner closest to me on the right. It was standing in the corner, a tall, dark figure. I didn't know what to do, but I felt like it was in fight or flight, and being a timid 12-year-old girl, I don't think I had much fight in me. I was frozen with fear, and for a long moment, waiting for movement, waiting for it to give some sign of life so I could make a break. But it just watched me. And I watched it, hoping it would just dissolve into the wall so I could brush it off as my eyes playing tricks in the dark. Then I heard it. A hiss. It leaned forward slightly and stomped its foot hard on the carpet and began a long, deep hiss. No! And at that point I jumped back and ran from my mother's bedroom where I cried loudly and screamed that it was going to get me. I never saw it directly since, only quick movements out of the corner of my eye. My mother finally let me sleep with her until we moved away from that place a month later. I revisited these memories on my own I went through old photos of my newborn sister who's 12 now and it shocked me at how vividly I remembered it all taking place. I spoke to my mother again about what happened and she told me she had also experienced strange things in that house. Footsteps, cold spots, being watched, knocking on the doors and walls, and even one case where the corner end of her bed depressed during the night as though someone were sitting with her. Now that the memories have come back to me, I hope I can process whatever it is that happened and move on. Wow. That's horrifying. That is totally horrifying. Jesus. It's like it was hunting her. Yeah. Again, try, or trying to produce a reaction or yeah. something. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I kind of wonder if there's sort of like a bestiary for that side of the world. You know, like we've got all these kinds of animals on our side. Who's to say they don't have the same? Yeah, true. 
you know, and maybe they look different depending. Again, ghosts are different. Yeah, fair enough. Like we've got good ones, we got bad ones. So right, it stands to reason if these shadow people have sort of personalities behind them, they are going to be different. Oh boy. Well, that's going to do it for stories of shadow people. Yeah, good. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with our patron shoutouts. Hi, I'm Barney Black. And I'm Tara Saraband. And we do Bloody Murder. We're a weekly true crime podcast that focuses on some of the lesser-known crime stories from Australia. And indeed around the globe. We're a comedy podcast with a dark sense of humour. But we're dead serious about murder and the people it affects. We find humour in some unexpected places. But never at the expense of the victims or their families. We've been described as the blue cheese of podcasting. Addictive, strong and satisfying. And a bit stinky. I am not. You know you are. Bloody Murder. Murder is available on your favorite podcatcher. Welcome back. Thanks to our researchers Luke Greensmith and Anthony Germain for their work on this episode. I don't envy all the shadow stories they had to go through. Late uh, at night in a darkened room? Luke said he yeah. started. He did at one point start having nightmares. Oh, no! Yes. And uh, there was another point, too, in which he, he said uh, it was like opening the Ark of the Covenant, but for stupid things. <laughs> because I love that. Yeah, there's so much alarmist nonsense of course. on the subject. Of course. So now it's time for our patron shoutouts. Of course, we'd like to thank all our patrons. But Absolutely. But we especially want to thank our new patrons. We'd like to thank Lisa Harrison, Catherine Holmes. Catherine, of course, one of the first people to buy a Ghost Story Guy shirt. That's right. She, yep, she's been with us since the beginning. Patricia Castillo, Nicole Mata, and Beth Cruz. Thank you so much for your support, guys. Thank you. You help us keep the lights on here. Help us keep the uh, the wagon train moving. The shadows stay back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And if you'd like to become a patron, you can find us at patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys. Uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar an episode. But, of course, if you choose a higher tier, there are more rewards. You get bonus material not available to other people. You get uh, early access to the episode as much as a day, sometimes too early. And uh, higher up, you get access to exclusive Instagram live events and all kinds of other stuff. And right now, there's an even more important reason to jump on the Patreon wagon. Of course, yeah. We're doing a Halloween giveaway on our October 30th episode. We're going to be giving away a 24 by 36 or thereabouts poster of our new design, Into the Synth We Go, which you can see on our Redbubble store. And that will be given to one lucky patron. We're going to be drawing from among you. And so if you support even at a $1 level, you get access to the draw. And we're also going to have 25 smaller prizes. Synthwave artist The Abyss has given us 25 download codes for his brand new album Centurion, which will also be dropping on October 30th. Very cool. We're going to be featuring two tracks from that, from that album this month on various episodes. And so there are 26 prizes to win. Again, that's patreon.com slash guys. We are almost out of time, so we're going to have to hurry through this. The, yeah, uh, we're literally almost out of, literally time. Almost out of time. <laughs> Not just on the episode, in the studio. In the studio. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pizzanto Music for our intro and outro music. You can find more of him at soundcloud.com slash Music. I'd like to thank our musical guest, Hexagram, for letting us use their track, Haze. That will be the song you hear on the way out. Hexagram's new album, Crystal Lake, will be out sometime this winter. I'm very excited for it. I've, had, I've been lucky enough to hear that Evolve... Uh, through the process, and it sounds fantastic. Amazing. You can find them on Instagram at instagram.com slash hexagram music. That's hexagram with two X's, not three. You can also find them on Bandcamp at hexagram.bandcamp.com, and their music is also available on Spotify. 
So I will include links to that in our show notes. So if you want to listen to their stuff, they've only got the one EP out right now, the Dead Babysitters Club. But Crystal Lake, again, will be out in the winter, and you should check it out because it's going to be a good one. Very cool. We're going to be recording a, our next episode early, so we'll do all our upcoming events on that one. Um, do you have anything coming up we need to worry about in the next little bit? Nope. Nope. Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to do it. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, and until then... Into the darkness we go. going to be those assholes who won't leave the room <laughs> let's hope not i do not want to be back because there are people in behind us not a good start no not on me don't get excited <laughs> i'm ready are we recording now brennan we are recording check <laughs> check oh man it's not the first time but well worse things could happen kiki and then you'll take on paradimensionalism <laughs> that's that, that sounds like a sex thing no it doesn't only to you. Disappointing. <laughs> Our musical get fuck. You threw me off. Sorry. Somehow it's your fault. <laughs> of course. So I had turkey at Thanksgiving dinner. I had turkey. Turkey and pumpkin pie. <laughs> How about you, Brennan? I was alone. I was <laughs> an hungry man turkey dinner. Does That's that count? Right. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's almost like other times are bleeding through. Fuck is that? Uh, somebody did something. Sound like a drill. <laughs> How of a werewolf? <sighs> oh.
That's super annoying. Yeah. Anyways, we'll try and work around it. This week on Ghost Force, Nathaniel and Kiki end up in more trouble than they can handle. <laughs> oh, God, now I want that show to exist. <laughs> just from the trailer? Yeah, just based on that. And Nathaniel learns that lies never pay. <laughs> That's right. Ghost Force, Tuesdays at 6. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.